Uh, yeah, so welcome to meditation. And so I'll just talk a little bit to begin before we start the meditation, just to kind of prime the minds of the participants. Um, so I lead this weekly meditation group on Facebook online. And I gave a talk yesterday, and it's, I think it's a relevant thing to share as well today. And it goes a little bit back to this thing I was saying about Tony Robbins, which I've mentioned, like, I'm talking about, I went to Tony Robbins last week, by the way. How was that? It's amazing. Yeah. Very powerful. He's a transformed person. I'm a transformed person. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my hair back. Um, and so one of the things he mentioned was about uh, neuroassociative conditioning and this principle of what do we assign pleasure and pain to in our lives. And I meditated yesterday morning. I had like a nice session. And I realized that the way that I meditate and the way that I teach meditation are similar but a little bit different. And so when I gave this talk to my Facebook kind of video group, um, I tried to bring in a little bit more of how I meditate for myself as the thought like maybe this can help other people to kind of understand this. And I bring in the neuroassociative conditioning thing because for me, meditation, it's like an intensely pleasurable process. And I've trained my mind, like when it's time to meditate, my mind's, I'm like, actually, it feels good. I'm happy to meditate, you know? Looking forward to it. I look forward to it, you know? And also within the meditation itself, the mind is happy to be there. And so I've mentioned this before that when the mind is happy, it's present all by itself, like the whole vacation stuff, right? is that when you're happy to be where you are, your mind feels rested and relaxed, even if nothing external changed just because you've changed your relationship to the situation. So the way that I meditate for myself when I meditate is I actually sit and close my eyes, I relax, and then I smile. And I just give myself this really big smile. And I feel like around my cheeks, and it feels good to smile. If you smile and you feel it, it actually feels good, and I'm not smiling at anything specifically, but it just feels good to smile, and the more that I allow that smile to feel good, the bigger the smile starts getting by itself. And I, uh, one of my teachers actually said it's like the Cheshire Cat from Alice in Wonderland, that everything disappears except the smile, you know? <laughs> and it's this feeling of sitting and smiling, and everything kind of starts to fade away, and then... Um, I would almost say that the mind kind of congregates around that smile and around that good feeling. And I just kind of hang out there. You know, and right, maybe a stray thought will come or something will come in, but I don't really pay any attention to anything else except the smile. I let the mind and the world go about its business, but I just rest with the smile. And eventually everything starts to collect and coalesce around that smile. And then all you're really perceiving is just the sense of pleasure in the moment. And to achieve this place where there's nothing going on except presence and pleasure, that's really like what meditation's about. That's like the, that's the base of the practice. Because when you get to that place and everything just feels good and relaxed, you know, and then you can breathe and then you can be here. And then the mind starts taking this pleasure as its interest, as its object. And it starts even feeling like how to get more pleasure, how to enhance and... Um, exaggerate that feeling of pleasure 
And then the mind gets into deeper and deeper states, or also could be called more and more subtle states of the mind, right? Because things like joy and bliss, these are very subtle, refined states of the mind, right? That they're very, um, you know, it's like everything else just kind of stops. If you look at like a saint from India, right? Someone who's like holy, right? They have this blissful look on their face, right? That bliss is this kind of like beautiful, uplifted, holy, it's almost like it should be like floating on a cloud kind of thing, like this beautiful state of bliss, right? Whereas things like anger, stress, aggression, right? Um, they're more rooted here in the ground. You even see like dogs fighting in the street, right? And it's like, okay, like that's a, a lower state of the mind, so to say. So when you're in a state like bliss and like joy and happiness, um, that's when the mind really starts to, to so intensely like being present that it starts to unify, that it starts to really just collect into this place and actually the mind absorbs into itself. And in Buddhism, the perfection of concentration comes when the mind absorbs into itself, right? That all of our, our senses, instead of right, like our consciousnesses are going outwards, I'm looking at you, right? You guys are listening to me, we hear the room, we feel everything around us. Usually our consciousnesses are directed outwards right? The eye consciousness, the ear consciousness, the body, they're directed outward. And then there's the mind consciousness, which is inward, which is like our feelings and thoughts. But usually those are in relationship to what we're experiencing through our senses, or we are totally disconnected from our world and we're just lost in fantasies, which is like we're trying to run away from our sensory world. Like the present moment is so painful that we don't want to be here. So we run off into thoughts, illusions, fantasies, stories in our mind consciousness. So whether we're totally present in our body consciousnesses directed outwards or we're in our mind consciousness kind of in its own story world, neither one, it's really this um, absorption of the mind into itself. So when you sit to meditate, what you'll notice right away is, of course, you close your eyes, you kind of close your body in that sense, right? You close your ears. You're kind of just, you turn inwards, I would say. So all these consciousnesses, instead of flowing out, they start to be either closed off or even now flowing inwards. And then there's still the mind consciousness with its thoughts, feelings, stories, and all these things running around. But what starts happening is that as it starts feeling safe, as we start feeling more comfortable, more pleasurable, all of those thoughts, those feelings, all that stuff starts to dissipate. It kind of reminds me of like when the sun is shining down and it's like foggy or something, right? And the sun starts burning that fog away, right? And the fog starts lifting off and dispersing. Your happiness actually starts dispersing your thoughts and feelings because on the very basic, basic level, thoughts and feelings are an expression of unsatisfactoriness. Because on a very basic level, a thought creates separation. There's me and my thoughts. Right? A feeling, I feel this. Thoughts and feelings create separation on a very, very basic functional level. And on a very basic level, what we really desire is unity. What we desire is wholeness, right? Completion. We want to feel at one with everything, right? We want to feel together, like there's no separation, there's no duality. And that's eventually what happens is when the mind starts feeling happy and all of those thoughts and those, everything starts kind of fading away, you start just feeling present and it's just this nowness and this hereness and this presence and it's so pleasurable and nice that 
everything kind of just drops off and that state starts to get deeper and stronger and more entrenched and more fine, refined and almost um, like penetrative. You start to really go deep into that bliss and it really starts bringing the mind, uh, some call it like a one-pointedness, but I like the word absorption better because it really starts bringing the mind into itself in a more um, kind of dense and compact way and that sense of unity and oneness that becomes all that one experiences. And I, you know, I'm leading this from my own experience of these states that there comes a point where there is no more sense of duality. There's no more perception of like me and not me, right? And that could either be like me and the world around me or me and the thoughts or me and my feelings. All of that dissolves and it's just this beautiful, pure, very pure feeling of just presence and space and peace. Yeah, and that's also profound because A, we spend our lives looking for that feeling in our lives, but it's nowhere to be found externally. It's to be found inside. You may be like when you're having sex, you feel it for a second, or when you're you know, eating amazing food, you feel it for a second, or um, you know, when you've just achieved something amazing, you get these little peaks of it, these moments of it. But to feel it in this open, expansive, lasting, stable, healthy, open, uplifted, cooling, relaxed way, it's a whole different picture. And also you make the experience that everything that I call myself and my life is actually just the mind projecting itself outwards. That all of the stuff that I take to be so real and so important that I'm stressing and worrying about and fighting about and that I'm wounded over and all this stuff, you realize that none of that stuff actually even exists. Because when everything fades away, it's almost like when you wake up from a dream and you're like, oh, that stuff's not real, it's okay. When you get into these deep states of meditation, it's almost like you're waking up from life into that state of mind and it's suddenly... It's so elemental to our experience. It's so basic to everything else that's happening. You realize this is a state that's always with me, that's always residing at the base of my consciousness almost. Um, but I'm so distracted and lost in this world of sounds and sights and colors and illusions and stories and thoughts that when you get to that, that space of, of stillness, of, of peace, of, of just openness and rest, um, but with that presence, there's a consciousness there. You realize that, um, that you've really been lost in a projection. Yeah, that the mind, you've been lost in the mind projecting itself outwards this whole time. So it also really reframes your whole understanding of reality. You know, especially because we're not taking any drugs or anything. It's not like, you know, you're really just going straight into it through your own mind. So your mind is aware of the whole process in and it really kind of breaks open your sense of self on a very deep level. Your psyche kind of breaks because it realizes, oh, this is all bullshit action. It's not really what's there. Yeah, so that's kind of as far as also the Buddhist understanding how meditation, while it's a very beautiful, peaceful, nice process, also brings us to a place that it actually creates like a crack in our psyche. It creates a crack in our mind that cannot be repaired, that we will never be able to fully invest in this world the same way again, because we understand on such a deep, profound, experiential level that 
there's really nothing much going on here, that it's all okay. Yeah, and that it's really inside. So eventually, through the practice of meditation, you can create a, a deep, fundamental, profound shift in your state of being that never leaves you. That wherever you go, you still have that with you, right? So the meditation, it's more of like a temporary state that we find ourselves in. But the state that we're creating through the meditation can actually start to create new traits and create new perceptions and really create a new peaceful human being. No matter what that human being is doing, they will be more peaceful because they understand they know something. Yeah, so that's kind of the whole path that we're going. And I say that not to feel overwhelmed, right? Because maybe we'll be sitting here and it's like, fuck, I'm thinking about lunch. Like, how am I supposed to be like cracked psyche? You know, like, I can't even like just stop for a second. But even just inclining on that path is huge and helpful. Just consciously stopping and turning inwards, you're already setting the momentum in the right direction. You're already doing the work. And then that's just how much time you give that and how much you do it. But even just starting to incline the mind that way, that's enough and that's amazing and it's huge for you even, for all of us. So at least we have the reference point of what this is all about, but then even just starting to find a little bit more peace right now, just getting that taste of it, uh, that's enough. And if you get that taste enough and you like meditating and you want it, eventually the mind will start following that sense. How deep can that peace go? Where is that peace to be found? Where is it coming from, right? like a dog going through the woods chasing its prey, right? You find, where is that peace coming from? How do I get more of it? And eventually you get to that place where everything kind of starts to let go, right? And this is like what the Buddha taught. This is kind of that path. So, um, so we'll meditate today together for maybe like 15 minutes. And just to kind of, again, get the taste, incline the mind, I'll lead it as a guided meditation. And uh, we'll take it from there.